It's all going to zero against Bitcoin. It's going up forever. Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We are your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover breaking news, culture, matic warfare. We'll be your guide through the separation of money and state. Javier Malay dropping hot fire uh, at the Contillionaire Conference, the World Economic Forum. We're going to have the clips ready for you guys uh, for you guys tomorrow. We're gonna th th Tomorrow's episode is literally going to be dedicated on that. I've never seen a speech like that. Literally saying the state is the problem. The state has a monopoly on violence. Freedom is the only way to prosperity. There is a rising uh, collectivist wave uh, across the West, and it's responsible for all the wills and ills that people are experiencing. Uh, just absolute. I mean, in, in that type of event where, where, you know, these world elites, they can think they can rule the world. And this guy's basically saying, these institutions, the state is the problem. Freedom is the solution. Uh, blaming money printing, literally saying that money printing is one of the mechanisms of control that the state has to control people. Talk about shifting the Overton window. Um, I am concerned about this guy's safety. Like, I really am. This is absolutely insane. I've never seen something like that. Um, and another thing that I wanted to say as well is that it, it, people are so tuned in at this point that everyone, like uh, there's so much Twitter coverage of every single speech that's being said or every little comment. Uh, the one that we're going to talk about today during the number segment is Jamie Dylan, Jamie Dimon once again, uh, talking, you know, talking S about Bitcoin, right? So we're going to play that for you guys. Uh, Christine Lagarde is making shorts. I guess she got inspired by Opti shorts that she's been, that he's been dropping lately. So, uh, you know, kind of making an excuse, uh, for, you know, for inflation, trying to get inflation under control. That got community noted, uh, you know, and then uh, one of the other speeches also uh, during this whole conference was uh, one of the people that the, the head of the European Union, her name is Ursula and uh, Ursula von something, but essentially she was saying that, you know, one of the, the, the biggest risks right now for the world is misinformation and disinformation. Like, obviously, like if, if, you know, if you're trying to promote these ideas that aren't exactly helping people, if you're telling people that there is no inflation, if you're telling people to like close your eyes, you're not seeing what's there uh, and people see it anyways and they complain, of course, you're going to say misinformation is a problem. Right. Um, so, you know, Elon, look, and I know a lot of people don't like Elon as Bitcoiners. I know a lot of people are fans of Noster. I'm a big fan of Noster. I post on Noster. I love Noster. I get I get uh, sats zapped at me, uh, you know, every time I post something. It's dope. I love it. However, the bulk of the volume, and this is the reality, ladies and gentlemen, is on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Rumble, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, two platforms are free, Rumble and Twitter. And they're attacking it with everything they have. And this goes back to a theory that we've been talking for very long on the show, which is the concept it actually comes from the sovereign individual, but I call it the great disintermediation, right? And it's kind of happening at the same time. So first, the internet started 
uh, the great disintermediation of information. It's allowed individuals like you and I to circumvent the gatekeepers of information and talk directly amongst each other like we are right now, you know, talking directly to you guys without going through a legacy media institution. So that happened first. And then what we're starting to live through and governments, and this is what we're going to talk about today during the news segment, is the disintermediation of money. And I ran into a paper last night and it literally made my jaw drop. I could not believe it. Uh, this is a paper that is posted on the Federal Reserve website and they admit that money can be used as a social control uh, tool, meaning you can control people using money. This is on federalreserve.gov. This was written by William Michael Cunningham, right? And, uh, and it was in response to uh, the FedNow system, right? Which is what we've been making the case for, the introduction of the American Central Bank digital currency. So all the things, all the speculation about how this is, you know, this is a CBDC, this is, you know, this is what it is. And a lot of people other than us, you know, politicians as well. You had Ron DeSantis pass a bill in Florida, basically making central bank digital currencies illegal. It, it, you know, if you read this paper, everything that we were saying uh, doesn't sound so much like a conspiracy theory anymore. <laughs> it kind of sounds like we were vindicated. So I'm going to read you guys about two pages. I'm going to read you guys the paper. And I swear your jaw is going to drop, too, because it's like. They, it's like smoking gun caught, like caught in 4K type of type of stuff. So crazy, crazy times, ladies and gentlemen. This is the fourth turning. How do you protect yourself through all this chaos? You buy Bitcoin, you earn Bitcoin, you mine Bitcoin, and you take that Bitcoin into sweet, sweet, sweet self-custody. And you could just be walk, just watching on the sidelines, eating popcorn. You know that meme of those two people fighting and that guy smoking in the back? Well, the Bitcoiners with self-custody or that guy chilling in the back watching those two people fight. Anyways, guys, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we have two members of Simply Bitcoin joining us today. Today, we have first the one, the only, always optimistic. We have Optimus Fields not wearing a suit today, but I stepped I don't up my even game. Own a suit. Look, I'm wearing a collared shirt. Rustin and Opti making me look really bad. Their swag game is just stepping up. So uh, you know, I have to I have to wear a I have to wear a college shirt. You know, I have to start speaking. Is this us becoming professional? I can't wear hoodies anymore on the show. I I, I think so. I think so. Maybe we're <laughs> we're like, maturing. Are we maturing? People were calling us 25, 25 yesterday in the chat. Apparently, apparently we're growing up in real time. But right. uh, yeah, I I haven't uh, seen that whole speech yet. But I saw some clips, Nico crazy stuff happening and it, it really just goes to show in my opinion that we are at a point in human history where the signal the truth is starting to come to the top and we're on the front lines and it's just it's super awesome but also kind of concerning considering that we are seeing the great leviathan fight back in various ways and uh the subversion of communication of truth it it's going to ramp up. And, uh, you know, as a Bitcoiner, we're ahead of it. We are, we're always ahead of it. We're always a few steps ahead, but it could get really rocky in the future, just considering how the powers that be like to clamp down on this stuff. So, you know, uh, it's a, a little bittersweet, I would say, but shouts out to everyone out there that spreads the signal. Anyways, let's get in our boy today, the one and only Wynicus, everyone's favorite influencers, influencer. 
on the show. What's up, Wine? World, world traveler sponsored by Simply Bitcoin. Wine is uh, <laughs> wine is live? traveling the world on our is dime, this live? going to every nook and cranny of Asia and Africa and South America, and uh, Simply Bitcoin foots the bill. I am really nervous right now, and uh, I'm excited to bro- provide nothing of value for this episode. <laughs> oh, man. No, actually, actually, guys, Wine did tell me he will be serious on today's show. Wine, as Nico was saying, is a world traveler, so he might have some hot takes for you guys from his travels. He's been in Argentina, Vietnam. He's been all over the world the last couple of years. He's been using his fiat currencies in places with destitute fiat currencies and uh, he's living the high life so we're gonna go into some of his travels and his takes and might get a little spicy he kind of told me maybe what he's gonna be talking about too so and and to put it fairly because wine is a very humble individual uh wine makes sure simply bitcoin doesn't burn to the ground he's very very good at organization and he's extremely business savvy so uh we appreciate wine we really do we really do but he's very humble he's very humble and this is exactly why we fund his exotic lifestyle (laughs) anyways everybody let's get to the numbers is your friend (laughs) everybody we work work hard so wine doesn't have to (laughs) everybody let's get to the numbers we have a lot to talk about today let's check it out here we go the bitcoin numbers is your bitcoin in cold storage really secure is your seed phrase really secure stamp seeds do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper don't store your generational wealth on paper Paper is prone to water damage, fire damage. You want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet Earth, titanium. Your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps. And once your words are in, they aren't going anywhere. No risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere. Titanium stamped seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire. They're also crush proof, waterproof, non-corrosive and time proof. All things that paper is not allowing you to huddle your Bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul. Stamp your seed on Stamp Seed. All right, guys, I made it super easy for you guys. You can scan the QR code right now on your screen. It'll take you directly to the Stamp Seed website where you can get yourself a a Stamp Seed Titanium Seed Freight Storage Kit. I know a lot of people were misunderstanding. You don't send Stamp Seed (laughs) your seed. They send you a kit of which they bring. They send you a hammer and a seed plate and you literally hammer in your you can see the cade you can see the kit titanium in the QR code. and uh you know you keep uh you keep that at home in a safe place in a safe place where no one could see it anyways uh you can use promo code simply get 15% off at the time of recording the bitcoin price is 42410 sats per dollar 2358 block height 826154 blocks to having 13,846 having estimate April 20th, 2024. It's coming up total lightning network capacity, 4,842 Bitcoin capacity value, $205 million realized monetary inflation, 1.74%. The market capitalization of Bitcoin, $831 billion Bitcoin versus gold market cap, 
6.04%. In the grand scheme of things, Bitcoin is still a tiny little baby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to talk about, uh, I do want to talk. The having estimate date. What'd you say? Can we acknowledge the having estimate date? Yeah, I'm going to make you full screen. Let's talk about it. Can we pull up the date? What, what, what's the date for having estimate? The date is April 20th, 2024. 420? It's 420. Yeah. Life is memes, memes is life. It's going to be a party. It, it, it all is like prophetic in some way, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, I realize that. That's a really good observation. Um, yeah, someone in the comments said, send your seed to no one. That is really, really good advice. Remember, guys, anyone gets access to your Bitcoin seed, they have access to your Bitcoin. So you want to keep that privately. Guys, if you're enjoying the show, make sure to smash that like button. Uh, help us maintain our streak of breaking 100 likes within the first hour of the live show. So if you're enjoying it on YouTube, on Rumble, on Twitter, uh, make sure to smash that like button. Drop a comment. Uh, it's a party. There's a live chat on Rumble. There's a live chat on YouTube. Uh, so uh, join us. And of course, if you're listening to us, the audio the audio version of this show, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, uh, your favorite podcasting platform of your choice. Hey, Nico, can, can I acknowledge something? Shouts out to the Rumble chat because they get super technical over there. And it, like in real time, like the YouTube chat, we're trolling each other. We're having fun about the show. But the Rumble chat sometimes gets into very technical conversations and you just love to see it. Anyways, continue. No, absolutely. The the and the it's it's interesting because every time we go, you know, we go hard on uh, certain issues. The Rumble chat fucking explodes. <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, I do want to talk about Opti's ex girlfriend. So clearly, uh, she has been looking at Opti's shorts, which you guys should definitely, definitely. Uh, check out on Simply Bitcoin's YouTube channel, and uh, we're posting them on Twitter as well, uh, because she started making shorts, like multiple shorts, I might add. So, look, that's just one, but like if you scroll, you know, she, she, she's her short game is stepping up, right? So she's all over the place, you know. She's stepping up her social media. Look at that, Opti. And of course, this all has to do with her relationship with Optimus Fields. He see she sees Opti's uh, short game, and she feels like she needs to uh, step it up as well. No, but in all seriousness, this is this is their way of trying to connect with people using social media. Uh, what they don't realize is that they make a fool of themselves. Uh, you know, social media is clearly home field advantage for the Bitcoiners, for the memers, for the side of truth. Um, for the central bankers where they don't control the narrative. And I'll show you an example of that in just a second. Uh, they get absolutely destroyed. So, but it doesn't stop them from trying. Uh, you know, 487 comments versus 277 likes. And of course, Bitcoin just going ham in the comments. Uh, you know, this absolutely hilarious video of this troll. And people are saying delusional uh you know, it's like the dinosaur meme with the Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin meteor asteroid like falling. So, yeah, like, you know, this is this is hilarious. So let's check out what she has to say Hello. and then we'll talk about so it. So here I am in uh, Davos for the annual World Economic Forum. And uh, I will be talking probably a lot about our determination and our confidence that we will return inflation back to 2% medium term. <laughs> I will also be listening to what other participants have to say because it's always a time when 
you can understand what is going on in the industry, what are the latest developments, and that obviously informs the way in which we make our decisions when it comes to monetary policy. Hello. <laughs> so a couple things. So when, when you're making shorts, I'll drop you guys the sauce. There's something called moving frame. So moving frame is essentially, you see where that, that frame moves? And essentially that's a tactic to kind of keep your attention on it. It's just funny that the central bankers are using tactics that like TikTokers use and YouTubers. Um, but like essentially what she's trying to convince you of is like, yeah, we're going to return back to 2% inflation. They don't even know why it's 2% inflation. That's like kind of like a made up number that central bankers just came up with. Uh, Jeff Booth says it best, like, like thinking that an economy needs 2% theft. To, to work and to survive is just absolute at like absolute you know craziness and insanity uh, and that's why I was so hyped with uh, with um, Javier Malay's speech at you know the WEF I bet you Christine Lagarde walked out of that speech because he was literally saying that money printing is the problem monetary policy is the problem um, but anyways. So uh, I, I did mention earlier that it's going to be very difficult for them to kind of get away with this in the age of social media. Uh, this is one of the reasons that they hate Twitter so much. Um, here is the European Central Bank getting community noted. Um, and here it's talking about Bitcoin specifically. So the digital, and this is a question that they're responding to by Bitcoin pleb. I don't even know why they walked into that trap. That was a, whoever manages their social media, that was a terrible idea. Um, do you think Bitcoin is better as the Euro, uh, as is better as the Euro CBDC? If not, why? Um, Isabel Shrubnell um, goes on to say the digital euro is public money issued directly by the European Central Bank. Bitcoin is different. It is a speculative asset that does not fulfill the characteristics of money. Like according to who though? Uh, because like, you know, you call it a speculative asset. Well, unfortunately we have the data. We have the, we have, uh, we have the sauce. Um, the euro has lost 91% of its value. On a five-year term, on a two, on a three-year term, it's lost 22% of its value. On a one-year term, it's lost 49% of its value. And then, you know, on the daily and weekly and, and yearly, it's, it's a little bit more volatile. So, I mean, like, this is a flat-out lie. Like, this is a lie. It's a straight-up lie. And they know that. And the reason that they know that, I mean, the, like, they know that. And not only do they know that, it pisses them off. So then they go on stage and they try to say these absurdities. Here's Ur Ursula von der Leyen. Uh, she's the head of the European Union. Um, and uh, she had to, she had some things to say about misinformation and disinformation. And of course, we have our friend here, Klaus Schwab, waiting on the sidelines. Anyways, let's, let's hear what she has to say. For the global business community, the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation, followed closely by polarization within our societies. These risks are serious because they limit our ability to tackle the big global challenges we are facing. Changes in our climate and our geopolitical climate, shifts in our demography, and in our technology, spiraling regional conflicts and intensified geopolitical competition 
and their impacts on supply chains. The sobering reality is that we are once again competing more intensely across countries than we have in several decades. And this makes the theme of this year's Davos meeting even more relevant, rebuilding trust. This is not a time for conflicts or polarization. This is a time to build trust. This is a time to drive global collaboration more than ever before. This requires immediate and structural responses to match the size of the global challenges. I believe it can be done. Like, that is the most dystopian, excuse my language, ladies and gentlemen, I've been trying to curse a lot less, motherfucking shit I've seen in a long ass time, okay? Like, with the smile at the time, at the end, like, I believe it could be done, like, you know, misinformation is the greatest problem, we need, you know, drive uh, global collaboration. You know how you build trust with people? You tell them the truth. Right. And unfortunately for them. Right. This is the problem. This is what they're talking about. Right. There was another speech, um, you know, of someone uh, on a World Economic Forum panel. And she was talking about how that, you know, I've lost uh, with Twitter. We can't just do it anymore. Like we like I've lost faith. Like we can't control the narrative. Um, literally, community noted the digital euro CBDC will not fulfill the three main characteristics of money because of its proposed limits. It will not function as a proper store of value, right? This is what they mean by misinformation. The fact that they can no longer control the narrative. And then going back to my opening monologue, this is the great disintermediation of information. This is something that the sovereign individual, the book in the night that was written in the 90s predicted was going to happen and of course the reaction of the nation state the reaction of you know these institutions that have been used to controlling the narrative for the longest time they don't know how to react to this they have no idea and of course this isn't just simply bitcoin like theorizing this this is also uh you know president naim bukele he wrote in his very very famous article uh the most vocal detractors the ones who are afraid and pressuring us to reverse our decision are the world's most powerful elites the people who work for or benefit from them they used to own everything and in a way they still do the media the banks the ngos the international organizations almost all the governments and corporations in the world and with that of course they also own the armies the loans the money supply the credit ratings the narrative the propaganda the factories the food supply they control international trade and international law but their most powerful weapon is the control of quote truth and they were willing to fight, lie, smear, destroy, uh, censor, confiscate, print, and do whatever it takes to maintain and increase their control over the truth and everything and everyone. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you see a speech like this, this is desperation. We are winning. That is what is happening. Here's another example of Elizabeth Warren, you know, screaming, ringing uh, based on the decision of the SEC to allow the spot Bitcoin ETF. She's saying the SEC is wrong on the law and wrong on the policy with respect to the Bitcoin ETF. She got community noted and it says the SEC acted in accordance to new circumstances brought up by the judge in Grayscale Invest Investments LLC versus SEC. This is admitted by SEC Chair Gary Genser. 
Elizabeth Warren, you are wrong. You are the one who is lying. You are the one who's misre misrepresenting what is happening. So uh, this is a crazy time to be alive. Uh, this is super, super exciting. Um, and at the same time, just watching them like scream and like watching them like come to terms with the fact that they can no longer control the narrative, uh, how they've been used to controlling the narrative for decades and decades and decades. You know, this is the rise up of the people. This is the great awakening. You know, we don't call this the peaceful revolution for no reason, dude. This is absolutely nuts. Opti, uh, you gotta, you gotta help Chrissy with her shorts, man. There's no B-roll in there, no music. Uh, she could definitely step up her game, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't really talk to her anymore, so it is what it is. But you, it just goes to show that, at the very least, even though these, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use uh, elites anymore, but the unproductive class, the powers that be, you can tell that even though they are completely detached from reality and their narratives, they do understand one thing is that they do have to play on the playing field of social media. And if they really want their narrative to take hold, they're going to have to psyop the youth. And of course, they always go after the youth because their brains are still formidable and they, and they can still... Yeah, brainwash them into believing their narratives. But anyways, I, I kind of want to go back to one thing that you touched on and because Christine Lagarde did touch on that 2% inflation rate. And for all of us Bitcoiners, we understand that that 2% inflation rate is the minimal amount of theft that they can get away with before people get mad. And th there's no reason or, or rhyme to this number. They just know that if they slowly take 2% of your wealth, most people won't notice and most people won't care. Anyways, um, this just goes to show, and I'm so glad you brought up the Naibu Bukele article. We bring it up all the time. Is of course they're going to try to control the flow of information. They, they will always try to control the flow of information. And I just kind of want to hit on a few things that uh, Ursula pointed out. You know, she's talking on one hand like the polarization uh, going on in information and in society, and uh, they're the main causes of this because we don't go along with their narratives. We're the dangers. Like we because we realize that what they're saying is so detached from reality that you shouldn't be listening to them like we're the dangerous ones it's absolutely ludicrous like the truth is the truth and the more you separate yourself from nature with these frankenstein ideas that they want to thrust on on us like the more people will push back because people are starting to realize that they're wrong that what they're saying has no relation to reality they have no relation to how the world actually works and i really love their framing or their new meme of like, we're here rebuilding trust. Like they've acknowledged that they've lost trust because they've lied so much. Like, why would you need to rebuild trust if people already trusted you? It's because people are starting to not trust them or rather like us Bitcoiners completely don't trust them. And, and we're the bad ones now. Like, why is it that no one trusts them? It's like TLDR. They've been lying to us for so long. They've stolen from us for so long. And now we have an opportunity to protect ourselves. The internet has disintermediated the truth. People are talking about the truth and they can't stop it. Like TLDR, we're winning too hard and they have to clamp down on their declining control. And you just love to see it. You just love to see these people out there just like so confused on why their ideologies are not catching on with people. And it's like, guys, it's because most people realize that this has no relation to actual truth in our everyday lives. They're just trying to thrust some abstraction 
on top of what we all know to be true and be like, look, this is how the world works. And we're like, no, it doesn't. With my personal experience in life, everything you tell me is wrong. And if I listen to you, my life is going to get worse. And you're literally heading me down into a dystopian, authoritarian, totalitarian regime. And I don't want any a part of this. Like most people, I don't think want to be slaves. And this is what they want. They want to control everything about you. It's absolutely disgusting. Anyways, Wine, what's your thoughts? Well, of course, they own all the means of information, money, all the outflow of, of media. So surprisingly, you know, we see through all the BS, but a lot of people, they, they fall into this narrative and they think that these people are trusted sources and they kind of parrot whatever they're being told. So there's a lot of forces and people that we're fighting here. Luckily, we have the tools to fight back. There's independent media now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to take a, it's going to take a battle here. And yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty refreshing that somebody like Nayib Bukele, who is in our corner, kind of has this outlet and people can, can take his word a little more seriously because, you know, you don't really see that coming from a politician. So shout out to him. hundred percent. And I just want to remind everyone, uh, not only is it the, uh, the 2024 is a massive election year, not only here in the United States, but also in El Salvador. And I just want to remind everyone how important it is to vote by taking Bitcoin into self custody. Uh, it is the most important thing you could do. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I, I but, thought that was going somewhere else, Nico. Good, good job. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I just want to remind everyone, uh, get out there and vote and uh, learn how to take Bitcoin into self-custody. So I also do want to say as well um, that uh, I, I want to give a bit kind of special shout out to uh, our new sponsor. Uh, guys, if, uh, if you ever thought about, you know, like building a Bitcoin mine, you don't know where to start. You know, there's so much free information on YouTube, uh, but it's all kind of disorganized. If you all want it in one place, um, I highly recommend uh, checking out our, we're gonna play you guys the video in a second, our our new sponsor, Build A Mine Bootcamp by Scott. Uh, and it will literally tell you how to build a Bitcoin mine from A to Z. Highly, highly recommend it, especially if you're trying to get into mining. Anyways, everybody, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the numbers. We have a lot to, I mean, the news, we have a lot to talk about. Let's check it out. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to get into Bitcoin mining and don't know where to start? That's why I want to introduce you to Scott's Build a Mine Bootcamp. He will show you how to build your own Bitcoin mine, how to get the project funded, how to get your facility filled with miners as quickly as possible. With a little luck and by putting all his techniques and strategies to work that he's developed mining Bitcoin for the last six years, you could be mining 5 million Satoshis per day or 0.05 Bitcoin in less than three months. On the free webinar, he will give you a high level roadmap that will help you get on your way to building, owning, and operating your own Bitcoin mining farm. Begin your mining journey today. Register for the free webinar now. Click the link in the description of the video below or contact Scott directly on Telegram using his handle at OfferedScott and learn how to mine those precious, precious Satoshis. The Daily News.
I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your, into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the Passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the passport link in the show notes below to learn more. All right, guys, I made it super easy for you guys. You can scan the QR code right now on your screen. It'll take you directly to the Foundation Devices website where you can get yourself a passport hardware wallet. Member, guys, it is 2024. Vote hard. Uh, by taking Bitcoin into self-custody. And the best way you could do that is by getting yourself a nice hardware wallet. Anyways, what I do talk about today is, uh, this is just nuts, nuts. I, I want to start with this though. Um, Cause Beauteon has a really good point, right? And here's Alex Jones, Alex Jones, it, it, divisive figure. Some people like him, some people hate him. Um, but I'm not here to talk about Alex Jones, but he pointed this out. He said, insane feds change the definition of money. I looked into it and holy cow, what, what was discovered, but it, beauty on brings up a really good point. And this is kind of like the difference between let's say Alex Jones and a lot of these content creators that they're, they're watching on the sidelines with these massive platforms and they're pointing it out. They're pointing out these huge geopolitical issues, right? You know, and, and, and they're great content creators. Tucker is great. Alex Jones, you know, some people like them, some people dislike them. Um, you know, Steven Crowder, uh, you know, uh, the, the, so many in uh, Tim pool, uh, so many independent, uh, the young Turks, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro, so many independent content creators, uh, you know, from, from different political ideologies and different walks of life, they have these massive platforms and, and they complain, right? They, and you know that, the, and they, they point out issues are like, this is so absurd. But if you have these massive platforms, what you're really doing is you're essentially saying, okay, guys, you have these massive issues and the way to fix this is to vote because essentially that's their, that's their mechanism, right? It's like, you know, this is an important election year. Donald Trump has to get into office, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I agree to some extent, I think elections are important. Um, they definitely have consequences, but if you really, really want to effectuate change, um, it's the separation of money and state. And Beauty On said it perfectly. Alex Jones laughed at Bitcoin when interviewing Max Kaiser years ago. Now he's frothing at the mound about CBDCs. Anyone not talking about Bitcoin is part of the problem. That includes Elon Musk, who Jones will follow. I 100% agree with that. If you're talking about the dangers of CBDCs, right? And all these content creators are, that the ones I just mentioned, and again, big fan of them, watch their stuff all the time. Um, if you don't talk about the solution, I mean, Beauty On says it, it's very strong, but I'm going to say it too. If you don't talk about the solution while talking about CBDCs, you're part of the problem. If you don't advocate for Bitcoin, you're part of the problem. If you're against big government and you're not advocating for Bitcoin, you're part of the problem. 
Like Bitcoin is the solution. The state will continue to get bigger and more powerful because it has a money printer. Period. Full stop. You can't, you, that is undebatable. So if you want to fix the problem, you have to fix the root cause of the problem, right? It's as simple as that. So anyways, let's get to this, uh, this document because it really, really is extremely uh, striking. It's really what I wanted to focus on uh, on the, today's episode on because this is nuts. Uh, guys, don't trust Verify. There's a link to this document in the video description. Uh, it, it's hosted on the federalreserve.gov. Uh, website. So I'm going to read you. It's called docket number OP1670 Federal Reserve Actions to Support Interbank Settlement of Faster Payments. Agency Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System Action Response to Notice and uh, Request to Comment. According to notice, quote, the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve has determined that the Federal Reserve Banks should develop an interbank 24-7, 365, like basically 24-7, just like Bitcoin, real-time gross settlement system with integrated clearing functionality to support faster payments in the United States. The board is requesting comment on the modifications to the FedNow service or other actions that would further reduce or eliminate potentially adverse effects without significantly compromising the anticipated public benefit associated with the service. The comment concerns the social impact of the FedNow service. The Federal Reserve Board announced that the Federal Reserve Banks will develop a new round-the-clock real-time payment and settlement service called the FedNow service to support faster payments in the United States. This is a direct response to the threat posed by digital currencies and blockchain. I'm going to read that again. So the CB, the American version of the CBDC, of which they deny that it's not a CBDC, they are admitting in this wow. that is a direct response to digital currencies and blockchain. According to one Fed official, quote, last summer, the U.S. Treasury recommended that the Federal Reserve move quickly to facilitate a faster retail payment system, such as through the development of a real-time settlement service that would also allow for more efficient and ubiquitous access to innovative payment capabilities. We believe this effort requires a proof-of-authority quantum uh, computing-based blockchain system. So not proof-of-work. You hear that? Proof of authority. Interesting. As we noted on our paper, blockchain, cryptocurrency, and the future of monetary policy, confidential, not for distribution research, sent to select members of the House Financial Services Committee, it is critical to understand that Bitcoin was created in direct response to the failure of global regulators to protect the public in the years leading up to the financial crisis of 2007-2008. Thus, the ethical monetary functionality of cryptocurrency is superior to that of paper money. Eventually, cryptocurrency is going to dominate. Do you understand what they are saying? Do you understand those fucking words? They are literally admitting in 4K, in 4K, that the FedNow system, the American version of the CBDC, is a direct response to Bitcoin 
and it's Bitcoin's potential to dominate as a currency. And they are pointing out why Bitcoin was invented in the first place. So when you hear Elizabeth Warren and when you hear these senators kind of like gas, like this isn't a CBDC, just to just take a just read this paper. And also another thing that I wanted to mention as well right, is here it says, as we noted in our paper, blockchain, cryptocurrency in the future and monetary policy, confidential, not for distribution. I just want to point out the fact that they call, you know, dollars and fiat money, public money. That doesn't sound so public to me. You know what is sound? You know what is public to me? An open source software like Bitcoin it's completely audible by anybody. Anybody can mint more Bitcoin if they're willing to invest in the electrical infrastructure and the electricity cost to mine more of it. That, that Why is it confidential? Why is it only a select member of the House Financial Services Committee? They're like, well, what is that? This is, and this goes back to the main point that I almost say every single day on Simply, on Simply Bitcoin, which is, uh, there's a bureaucratic elite that have the privilege of being able to create money for free that everyone else has to work for. And essentially what they're admitting in this paper, or this author's admitting in this paper, better said, that's hosted on the federalreserve.gov website, that the, C, the American version of the CBDC is a response to Bitcoin and wanting to control money, essentially. One of the reasons for this dominance is the speed with which transactions can be completed on a blockchain enhanced by compu uh, quantum computing technologies. Also, as also noted in our paper, the main economic attributes of a technically effective currency rests on three functions as a unit of account, a store of value, and as a medium of exchange. A unit of account is a common measure for the value of goods and services. The store of value is the way in which we store wealth in order to transfer purchasing power from the present to the future. And the medium of exchange function dictates which item is accepted for the payment of goods and services. In recent history, these functions have been fulfilled by fiat currencies backed by central banks across both developed and developing nations. Through monetary policy manipulation, the key attraction of these currencies, price stability, widespread, uh, widespread acceptance, and is implemented through a central bank system, enjoying a great deal of trust globally. All of that is utter bullshit because uh, unless you live in a country that has a relatively stable fiat currency, uh, yeah, you might benefit from, you know, the dollar only losing, uh, you know, to the ideal inflation rate 2% a year of its value. But again, if you save in Bitcoin, Bitcoin is blowing all these fiat currencies out of the water. So again, I think that's a kind of a, a little bit of a misrepresentation of the facts, in my opinion. Um, if you live in Argentina, you don't have trust in your central bank. In fact, you hate your central bank, which is why they, for the first time, they, they elected a libertarian candidate that literally took a chainsaw and chainsawed a fake central bank just to make the point that central banks are a scam. Anyways, moving on. And this is the one, this is the part that I'm like, holy shit. But there is a fourth function of money as a means of social control. The centralized monopoly over the functions of money held by sovereign governments and central banks have generated great income and wealth imbalances. 
Concerns about a lack of central bank performance with respect to financial inclusion, income inequality, economic system stability, and the tendency of central banks to intermediate on behalf of large financial institutions supported the creation of cryptocurrency. Here is the part that is absolutely crazy because they said the quiet part out loud, something that Bitcoiners have been screaming from the rooftop. They have admitted that the three, the three functions of money, which we all know, but here in a paper posted on the federalreserve.gov website, it says there is a fourth function of money as a means of social control. So when we say Bitcoin or slavery, it is not an overstatement. We are not over-exaggerating. Uh, They're literally telling you right in your face, if you read the document, check the link down in the video. Uh, um, They're literally telling you, yeah, it's this form of social control. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, if we didn't want to roll out this CBDCs, we rolled out these CBDCs because... Uh, this Bitcoin thing is scary and we don't want to get left behind and we don't want to lose our control over the money and the racket is over, right? So it has nothing to do with goodwill. It has nothing to do with innovation. It has nothing to do with any of these things that you keep hearing from Elizabeth Warren and co. It has to do with the fact that they're losing control over money and they absolutely cannot swallow that pill. It's the same reason you see Ursula going on, you know, stage on the World Economic Forum and say, hey, uh, this, dis this disinformation thing is a big problem. Yes, governments are losing their control of information, their monopoly on information and their monopoly on money, and they do not know what to do. And again, this reminds me of, you guys heard it a million times, uh, the book, The Sovereign Individual predicted this back in the 90s literally saying uh, new technologies will allow the holders of wealth to bypass the national monopolies that have issued and regulated money in the modern period. Their importance for controlling the world's wealth will be transited by mathematical algorithms that have no physical existence. In the new millennium, cyber money controlled by private markets will supersede fiat money issued by governments. Right. It goes on to say, lacking their accustomed scope to tax and inflate governments, even in traditionally civil countries, will turn nasty. Businesses that offer services that facilitate the realization of autonomy by individuals will be subject to infiltration, sabotage, and disruption, arbitrary forfeiture of property, already commonplace in the United States, where it occurs 5,000 times a week, will become even more pervasive. Governments will violate human rights censor the free flow of information, <coughs> Ursula, and sabotage useful technologies and worse. So this is all coming to play. This is the great disintermediation. This is what is happening. This is the battle of our time. This is the battle of our generation. And you got to decide what part, what side are you on? Are you on the side of green, the side of CBDC, slavery, poverty, nihilism? Or are you on the side of optimism, hope, prosperity, the side of orange? You got to, you got to, you got to choose what side you're on. It's not left versus right. It's not blue versus red. Anyways, Opti, what do you think? I saw your jaw drop a little bit. When I was reading some parts of the paper, yeah, I, don't, I, thought I, you, don't, I, I don't think you thought how far yeah, when I saw yeah. that at first, I was like, holy shit, they're saying it. They're saying yeah, it. Yeah, at first I thought you were being a little hyperbolic. And actually, quick question, Nico, how did you find this uh, Alex, link? J Alex Jones, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay, all right, all right. Um, well, super interesting because, I mean, first and foremost, we've been saying this on the show for a long time, like, I think a lot of people know what the problem is and where we're heading, but few people talk about the solution. And hence why all of us Bitcoin media talking heads have a job, because there's not enough noise 
or rather not enough people talking about Bitcoin being the only solution to this. It's like we say it all the time and Nico said it and, and we've been saying for a while that it seemed hyperbolic when we first started saying this, that it's Bitcoin or slavery. And now it, it just it every other couple of weeks, it, it just gets further nailed down that that is the case. And again, just so few people are talking about Bitcoin being the solution to where we're headed. And and I did like literally have my jaw drop because it was one of those things of like, wow, we've been saying this on the show, Nico, that the only reason we have a Fed now or a push for CBDCs worldwide or even in the US, it was a direct response to Bitcoin basically not being able to get killed. And now it's admitted in writing coming from the Federal Reserve, just absolutely amazing. And then just hitting on a few other things that like proof of authority. It's, it's, it's so insane just how detached these people are. I don't and think I don't think they're detached, dude. I, I just I, I genuinely hubris. Okay, hubristic, but I genuinely believe that like if you look at it from like the Keynesian central banker politician perspective, and this is why that Javier Mali speech today was so historic. Like it's like they I don't think they're necessarily evil people. I think that they genuinely think they know what's best for everybody else. Like it fundamentally comes down to that. And there there's consequences to that. Like, and, cause like, look, you either believe that millions upon millions of individuals have the agency and the ability to make decisions over their lives, or you believe that a central planner or a central authority has the intelligence to make decisions for millions of people's lives. What Malays pointed out in the speech today is said that history has shown time and time again that if you want prosperity, you need freedom. Freedom is instrumental in that formula. And the less freedom you have, the more poverty comes with it, right? So that's what's happening with these people is I don't necessarily think Maybe Klaus, you could say, okay, that guy's evil, but like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just saying that because he looks evil, but maybe he isn't evil. Maybe he genuinely believes that he could do what's best for the world. Like, I, I think that these people genuinely believe that they know what's best for everyone else, that people are too stupid. But I think that they're getting blindsided right now because essentially the internet has empowered everybody with tools that they can't stop. And then that becomes a forcing function. Like all of a sudden they can't shut it down and because they can't shut it down, they have to compete with it and they're not used to competition, which is why they're lashing out the way they are. They're like, misinformation is a problem. Bitcoin is a problem. Money terrorism, ter like th because they can't shut it down. They're used to being able to shut it down because they're part of the state mechanism with the state mechanism. They have the monopoly on violence. So they're being forced to compete on the open market with technologies that are superior to theirs. And that's why I think they're reacting the way they're reacting. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and then I just want to hit on a few things before we pass it over to Nico. Uh, guys, even the Fed admits that Bitcoin is superior to paper money. Let's go! And then, and then the last thing, the, the fourth uh, property of money that we've been talking about forever. And now again, we have it in, in writing from the Fed that money is a way to gain control. And if you can control the money, then you can control people's behaviors. 
And I mean, we've been saying it for a while. It's that classic saying, uh, give me the control of money and I care not who makes the rules. Like it's been known. It's not like this is a secret. This has been going around and been spread for a long time. But I think it's very interesting that it's now being thrusted into the mainstream and people are starting to wake up to what's actually going on and the real mechanisms of fiat paper money and the fact that they can print money and the Cantillon effects and all the things we talk about all the time like it's it's now it is known it's written they know what's the saying uh from the gulag archipelago i can't say it's like uh we know they know they're lying we know they're lying and they still lie anyways i butchered it but you guys know the saying we've said it enough anyways nico or wine sorry what's good bro well they think they know what's best for everyone. And I think I have that in common with them because I know, <laughs> I know what's best for everyone and it's Bitcoin, but don't take my word for it. Um, <laughs> see for yourself, you know, and you know, I think this is interesting now because Bitcoin has really entered the conversation as far as like macro geopolitical. And I think it's going to be mentioned more and more often in these debates and these discussions and policies. So, you know, I think this cycle is really exciting as far as Bitcoin kind of like growing up from this pet project that a bunch of us geeks like. And, you know, it's it's really like a, an apolitical money, but it, it, it's political at the end of the day because Bitcoin really, it kills statism and it, it weakens it in many ways. And of course, it's only it's only a few of us that really can see what's happening and know what they're doing. And we're really at a tipping point now where you can choose one way or another and they recognize it as you can see in that paper. So, you know, a lot of us will be able to save our, ourselves, but they're going to try to capture the rest of the people that, you know, they're going to make them think they don't have a choice. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, we say it all the time on Simply Bitcoin. This is narrative trench warfare, ladies and gentlemen, take action, take agency, uh, you know, get involved, uh, orange pill, you know, the people around you, um, wake people up. It's not left versus right. It's not red versus, uh, it's not red versus blue. It's really, you know, the party of green versus the party of orange. Uh, I can't emphasize that enough. Speaking of orange pill tools, uh, I want to give a special shout out to, uh, uh, one of our sponsors, Bitcoin evangelism, planting seeds for the decentralized revolution. Uh, we have 10 million people to Orange Pill. Bitcoin Evangelism by Brian DeMint is an absolute beast of a resource for Orange Pilling no coiners and alt coiners alike. So if you have that uncle, aunt, grandfather, brother, father, mother, who just who's not who's not into it, they're just not believing it. Uh, you know, you can get them this book for their birthday or for Christmas, and uh, you know it's perfectly structured in a way where you know it, it could uh, convince people to see why Bitcoin is the superior money. So scan the QR code on your screen right now. It will take you directly to Amazon where you can buy yourself a copy. I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, they are the place to buy Bitcoin miners. Uh, you can 
buy, sell, and host mining equipment with them. You could scan the QR code on your screen or you could check the link in the video description um, and it will take you directly to their Telegram marketplace where you can buy, uh, you can connect with a member of their sales team. Uh, they make purchasing e their products easy and transparent and you could also sell your mining equipment with them. They have a vast network of domestic and international customers. You could sell your mining equipment with them. They make it incredibly easy. Guys, this is where I personally buy my Bitcoin miners. If you haven't already done so, check out their racks. Kaboom racks. Okay. Kaboom racks. Should we all? Kaboom. Kaboom racks. All right, give him a give him Kaboom <laughs> The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. Let's go. All right, guys. Well, wine, wine's a traveling man. And and guys uh, in the chat, I'm I'm holding up an orb for Winicus. Wine, wine is the orb master. Anyways, wine, you've been as we were saying in the beginning of the show, you've been traveling around. You're you're taking advantage of the fact that the dollar is still the world reserve currency and it has good exchange rates around the world. You've been, you know, travel, as we said in the beginning, uh, we've been working hard so you don't have to. So I guess what's your general thoughts on Bitcoin adoption worldwide? I know you hang out with Bitcoiners everywhere. So maybe just give some people some insights on your trips and, and I will pull up maybe some of your, uh, your fin Finsta travel videos over here so people can see some of this. I mean, yeah, like just traveling. It, I always try to find Bitcoiners. I always try to get connected. I, I've been to Bitcoin meetups. I've had lunches with Bitcoiners, but they're really, really hard to find. So, you know, it really it really shows you how early we really are. We're very few, um, but that's why there's such an asymmetric bet for us, you know, the more people that find out, the less of of a early adopter you are. So, yeah, shout out Bitcoin Kindergarten. But you know, I've been to all all places of the world, all corners. I've been to the third world. I've been to Argentina, where it's extremely hyperinflationary. I've been to Japan. I've you know all in the last year. And for instance, people in Argentina. They'll, they'll more likely to have heard of Bitcoin, maybe find ways to get in and use it. But it's not like it's globally. I mean, it's not like it's adopted throughout the whole country there and you can like pay for things in Bitcoin. It's still it's still very early in that front. But versus like Japan, people there may not even see a need for using it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as Bitcoin adoption, it's still early, but it, it is nice when you when you find people out there that are that are Bitcoiners, you know, and they have a different angle on it. It's it's very different than talking to your American friends, you know, or Western friends about Bitcoin. And it's only number related versus, you know, how am I going to pay for things? A lot of times I, I use it for settling transactions between me and a Bitcoiner somewhere else. Hey, you know, I can't use this website. It only takes a Peruvian credit card. How can I buy this flight? Let me like send over some sats for, for you paying for with your fiat instrument right so you, you really see the use of it when you're crossing borders it, it becomes even more powerful 
Love it, love it. And uh, you didn't you didn't give your hot take, so I'm gonna full screen you, Wine. Uh, what is your hot take on adopting Bitcoin? I mean, I the more and more that I talk to people, you know, the the longer in Bitcoin, you kind of get tired of orange pilling. You know, you you do kind of you could do kind of throw little nuggets here and there. You do, you know, I, I do throw people some sats if they're interested, but at the end of the day. A lot of people they don't want to get woken up. They're too busy, and it might it might be a tool for the few. Like you know, it, it, by the time it really gets adopted, or you see mass adoption or hyper Bitcoinization, it could be lifetimes. Um, the fiat hyperinflation life cycle, like they can push it really really long. Argentina has been going through hyperinflation for decades, and people are not rushing to Bitcoin. So. Um, you know, it might, it might take longer than we think. That's, that's kind of my hot take. And maybe, maybe the average person is not, not really bright enough to grasp basic things about money and telling them, Hey, why are you using money that loses value? You know, you should use this one that doesn't, or is likely to not, if you can wait long enough. So, you know, people, people are kind of blind and it's, it's a little sad. I, I agree. I really, really good take. And there's a, there's a, there's a short five second Bitcoin kindergarten takeover. Um, that was funny. <laughs> good branding. See, the uh, branding was even better. Yeah. So, so should we do it again? One more time. We'll do it one more time. Just, well, what's that background? I like that. Just, yeah, that's just, nice. Oh my God. What is happening? Um, but, uh, Nico, but yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Bye guys. See you guys later. Well, well, one, you didn't, you didn't really even say your, your hot take. You, you said it before the show and I was like, no, 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 wow, that's going to be hot. Hold on. He said adoption is not for everyone. Ooh, that is a hot take. It's not. And you know, there really is a steep learning curve when it comes to Bitcoin. And hopefully those, the tools become easier. The education becomes easier and the concepts become easier for people to grasp. But sometimes, you know, you really have to look back at your, journey when you started and when you first heard about bitcoin and when you were possibly buying shit coins and just caring about the number going up it, it really there is a lot to grasp it touches on so many parts of life technology politics economics philosophy even why are we working why are people earning money what is the dollar why does it have value you know there, there's just so many factors that are in play um it's kind of hard to just talk to somebody and in the first conversation be like, here's Bitcoin. This is what you do with it. You know, don't sell it, all these things. So we we need people to actually show interest and there needs to be a need. And the, the ones that get it, you know, these are, you got to you got to create your network of Bitcoiners. The, the people are really important. Circular economies are important. I want to go into a country, meet a Bitcoiner and be able to, you know, exchange it for fiat. I want to be able to rent a motorbike, you know, in Vietnam and not have to go switch into fiat and out into a bank and back into another currency. You know, I, you need to find the, your tribe is basically my advice right now. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. Wine. I did put up a, oh, actually, before we do that, uh, you were also at Nostra Asia. Maybe tell people about that. Yeah, I went to Japan. Uh, it was in Tokyo, Nostra Asia. It was, it was a pretty technical event. 
very dominated by devs, but also really cool, cool setting. Jack Dorsey sponsored the whole conference. He brought out a freaking 500 pound tuna for everyone to eat. That was pretty dope. Um, but like always, these events, they are, they are ent entertaining to an extent, but I go there more just to meet people and, and again, find the tribe. Well, what, what was the vibe at Nostrasia? It was very, it was very technical, you know, it's not, no, but I mean like the theme, like the theme of like freedom, social media, yeah, maybe. because, it, because no, no, give a little bit of, cause it was in Japan, right? Wine. It was in Japan. There were actually Japanese people in attendance and they also had their own discussions and panels. Were, were they, how, what was the level of, of, of like, what I've, what I've tended to notice with, like, I have this uh, good friend of mine who's mainland China. And I remember like during the China ban, I was like, Hey, are you worried? And he's like, uh, they've tried this, like, basically I can, I could just imagine him with a very like thick, like Mandarin or Chinese accent, basically saying like, you know, they've tried this seven times. What doesn't kill the honey badger makes it stronger. So like, and essentially the moment when the moment he said that I realized that Bitcoin is this common language throughout the world, even though we might not speak the actual same language, we still speak the same Bitcoin language. Did you see that with Japanese Bitcoiners or are they Bitcoiners through and through? Um, they, they kind of are more in the American lens where it's, it's not like a must, but I think a big takeaway I got from the Noster Asia conference and just Noster in general, yes, there's a lot of work to do on the protocol and all the clients that are, that are linked up to Noster. But it is another orange pilling tool. And, you know, you're not necessarily going at it from a Bitcoin lens, but lens, but from a communication lens. So, you know, somebody using Noster and then posting a note and then getting zapped from another dude around the world is likely for them to get interested in Bitcoin than, you know, Opti taking somebody and saying, hey, you know, this is freedom money, whatever. So <laughs> shot fired. My one of my jobs is to make fun of Opti, so I, I had to do it. But yeah, um, it could be an, another top of the funnel way to get people on board into Bitcoin because there might be more of a need for free communication platform than financial freedom. So obviously they go hand in hand. But Noster has a lot of work to do before we bring on, you know, a billion people onto that. Love it. Love it. All right. I did drop a poll for everyone in the chat wine. So I kind of want to ask you the same question. Are you bullish on 2024 or do you want more cheap sats? Um, I'm always on team cheap sats, but I'm also retardedly bullish. Am I allowed to say that word? Too bad. I already said it. Uh, <laughs> you know, every day I wake up, I think like today's a day where it's going to be a million dollars. But if you know what you're buying, the prices are relevant to you. And of course, cheap sats are great. But after you've been in Bitcoin for a certain amount of time, you know, you're, you're ready for the rocket ship. I want to see what happens, but, you know, I think the, the secret is to be numb to the price. And really, you know, you really shouldn't care. DCA, don't look at the price. Wake up in eight years or so and everything will be good. You know, don't, don't plan too much of your future around your current stack. Bulltarded AF, always stay bulltarded. All right, Wine, you actually dropped this last question for us. Uh, it was going to be for our guest. Uh, this is, a, I think, a running theme that we're going to do now, Wine, thanks to Winekus. What's one message that you want to leave 
with the audience before we go? Well, this is not a Bitcoin message, but this is a freedom message. And I think people need to value their time just as much as they do money. Maximize as much time as you can. And if you really have the ability to travel and maybe take a year off, yeah, hopefully, take a year off, take three months off, six months off, and go explore, think about things outside of money and work and relationships. Just let your mind wander. If you have that freedom, and hopefully Bitcoin provides it to you one day, then, you know, go and travel. If, if you're working somewhere and they only give you, let's just say, like two weeks of the year off, it will take you decades to accumulate a year of free time of travel. So really think about Bitcoin from a time standpoint and how it's going to free up your time in the future. What is what is it about wine um, that is so, um, you know, attracted to you? So like personally, you know, I I traveled a lot in my youth. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I, I wasn't born in the U.S. Um, and, you know, I spent m like many years living in various countries um, and then also kind of like in my early 20s as well. Um, now I've reached a point in my life where I'm like, I don't want to travel. I actually want a, a homebody. But after doing that, all that traveling, it, it did China, it, it did change my worldview a lot. Right. Um, and it did kind of expose me to different cultures, different way of thinking. And, and I absolutely think it's absolutely necessary, at least in your life, one time to travel the world as much as possible to get exposed to all these different ways of thinking and different outlooks and all that. So what is it about, you know, your current traveling experiences, whether that's, you know, going to Vietnam and Japan and, you know, Las Vegas, and then, you know, of course, um, you know, simply Bitcoin paying for all the bills. Like, what is it about all of this that, you know, is so inspiring and that you, that you like so much? And then, and then add on that wine is America still a shit coin. Oh, okay. And another thing also, like I got to say is that like, at least you don't miss your flights. I think I've paid for <laughs> more. I think I've spent more money on getting Opti like, all right, this is not an Opti roast hour. Then yes, I've spent reimbursing wine for his travels. <laughs> like I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm not joking right now. Dude, I've paid for the last missed flight. So whatever, whatever. Go wine. Yeah, I mean, you missed another one. <laughs> no, just the two, just the two, just the two. Of course, yeah, you're exposed to different ways of life, and for me, at the end of the day, I really travel to be uncomfortable and put myself in situations that I'm not used to, and it really puts me in this present moment and also gratitude. So when it comes to even like Bitcoin, it's like you realize when you're traveling around the world and how little people understand things that you do and even just owning one satoshi like you really are thankful and you're not you know don't get caught up into this like race of like i need more bitcoin and this person has this much and i should get this and whatever yeah it's great to get more bitcoin but you know you're like just be fortunate for what you have is really like a big takeaway and and of course like just the stimulation of new things happening every day meeting new people new ideas like, you know, going to Vietnam, you learn how to how to squat properly. You want to use toilets over there and stuff like that. So there's there's secrets to squatting. There's there's a lot of secrets to unpack in the world. Um, and then also just, you know, if, if you're like a city person, what it's like to 
experience small town and rural areas and what people are thinking about over there and the discussions that they have. It's, it's just a mind opener. So, so wine, one of the things, right, is like people don't know where to start. And what I, one of the things I admire about the way that you travel is, and a lot of people have this misconception that it's very expensive, right? You have to spend a lot of money traveling. But one of the things I admire about you is that like, you don't even go with a plan. You, you pick a location, you pick a city, um, and you kind of just go there and you just kind of figure it out along along the way. And I think that's one of the biggest mental hurdles for people is that they think that somehow traveling is expensive or somehow traveling is out of the cost of most people. But I think you've not only proven that, dude, you could do this on a budget. And if you really have a passion, uh, you can go anywhere around the world, uh, wherever you want, and you can spend months at a time uh, just kind of doing your own thing. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of nailed it. it. Like, I usually just book one-way tickets and see what happens, see who I meet. And of course, Opti mentioned it earlier. Like, if you're fortunate enough to be in a European or you know American area of earnings where you can use dollars, like you're at such a huge advantage and have way more purchasing power around the world. So, if you travel to certain places, it's a lot cheaper than than you expect and People are also a lot nicer than you realize. Like, you know, you might think about going to certain countries and it's like, oh, that's dangerous. That's that. Um, I've even gone to the point where I hitchhike. You know, people people are really nice enough to pick you up and want to know about you and things like that. People invite you to their homes. Like they're just people are super interested in, in learning about different cultures and they see that you're an American or you're into Bitcoin or whatever. They really want to to just learn and get exposure to that. So it's it's freeing, like, I don't know, there, there's no better feeling than waking up and not knowing what the day holds. Absolutely, and then one, one, one last thing is the, another conception, right? If you come from mostly the US, like there's this idea that, you know, uh, these other countries are somehow unsafe, right? What, what would you say about that? Of course, like you do always have to be careful and just like watch your possessions or whatever but it, it, i mean if you lose like a phone or a wallet it's not the end of the world and at the end of the day you're traveling and like if, if you're traveling you can be in heavily populated touristic areas you could be in in higher uh like higher economic areas where you're not in like the hood or whatever right if, if, if you're even from new york or miami you know not to go to the bad parts of the city you you go to where there's nice things and nice people and that's generally the case for most places you travel but just the the stereotypes of some place being dangerous is mostly false like you'll see it if you end up going to el salvador even the people are like super sweet they all have a helping hand they're all interested they want to serve you they want to host you um yeah i mean people are most people are nice and i would say like be careful with consuming media because a picture will be painted that people are crazy places are dangerous don't trust anyone um but that that's far from the truth and that's why i, I implore people to get out there 100 percent. and one last thing um how has 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 uh you know being on a bitcoin standard and being a bitcoiner has that helped you in your travels like in terms of 
uh, currency exchange. Uh, I know, for example, uh, you know, and I, I know Bitcoiners hate to hear this, but what we're seeing really in, in the developing world in the global south, like Jeff Booth says it, is not so much a huge adoption of Bitcoin. Yes, there's a percentage of people that adopt Bitcoin, but you're really seeing this massive adoption of Tether, right? Um, because people are fleeing to, you know, their perceived value of a more stable currency. So Tether is in great demand. People are trying to get a hold on to stable coins. But being on a Bitcoin standard, has that helped you uh, while traveling uh, uh, wine? Or has that, you know, uh, are, are people not quite there yet? And you, you did mention this earlier about this taking a lot longer. I do agree. Uh, Matt Hill, CEO and founder of Start9. Uh, by the way, check the promo code down in the video description if you guys want to get yourself a Bitcoin node. Um, he said this is going to be a multi-generational thing. This is going to be a, a one or two or three generational thing as people kind of deprogram from, you know, fiat money, banking, self-custody, personal responsibility. Um, so I want to get your take on that. Yeah, I mean, that that's the sad truth of things. Um, Tether, for instance, in a place like Argentina is, is heavily demanded and accepted because they see dollars as kings and they, they don't want such high volatility in the short term. We're, we're just at that point in terms of Bitcoin's adoption. So what it has done is opened up doors for me in terms of meeting people, in terms of having interesting conversations and seeing you know, who's awake enough to want to take the orange pill. Um, it's it's kind of difficult though when you know I'm, I'm in foreign countries and tell people about Bitcoin and they're like, all right, well, how do I get started? You know, I don't know what exchanges to tell them to use. I'm, maybe I'll tell them to download a wallet and, and throw them some sats. But like, it, you know, we don't have the infrastructure ready to just one, two, three, get people onto a Bitcoin standard and start accepting it and taking it. So there's a, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it has been helpful in small situations where people are willing to take Bitcoin and give me some fiat or things like that. But 100%. Yeah, as far as like purchasing power, um, if you hold Bitcoin and you wait long enough, it's it puts you at a very a place of ease. And when you travel to these countries where the cost of living is a lot lower than you realize, you know, you, you can kind of like get away with traveling for a really long time if you want to. 100%. Yep. I, I could attest to that um, 100%. Things are a lot cheaper. And especially in American cities, you know, high income cities in general, um, even though you might make this, you know, very good salary, uh, it does not go a long way just because the cost of living is so high. But if you go to Portugal, if you go to Argentina, you know, a thousand dollars a month is like it's an absolute fortune. Right. People don't don't quite understand that. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, wine. Uh, really, really glad that you came on the show today and just shared your experiences and your neat, your unique worldview. I think traveling is incredibly important. And also just, you know, and I think I realized this really, uh, I took like the first time off a day or two and we went to go grab lunch. Uh, you know, this, uh, you showed me this Jamaican restaurant and I, and I was just like, Oh, the good I, one. Yeah. The good one. And I was oh, just like, place is good. Um, and I was just like, I was like, wow, like I, I don't have, like, I don't have to think about a meeting or like, I don't have this like certain responsibility. And, uh, you know, that, that in a way is, is, is really liberating. Like it's really, really liberating to, you know, what wine said, you wake up in the morning and you know, you're just like, what am I going to do today? What adventure, you know, where is life going to take me? Um, and that's definitely, that's definitely something, uh, very, very attractive. 
Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, have uh, what Wine was saying about this idea of like, how can I get more Bitcoin? You know, how can I work harder to get those things? But there's a whole world around you um, and people don't realize that, you know, you can go to Central America, South America, Southeast Asia, and you can live like an absolute king, most likely with what you have now. And you could live very well. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, hold on. Before we go, before we wrap this up, uh, wine is a perfect example of, quote unquote, hashtag decentralized homelessness. And this is bit. This is Bitcoin Zen personified. Decentralized homelessness sponsored by Simply Bitcoin. Um, Simply. So, <laughs> no, but wine, wine, uh, wine, wine keeps the lights on over here. So it's it's uh, he's the man. Wine's a, wine's a really really smart guy, and we love and, him. And last thing that we wine, appreciate him for uh, last being part thing, of the team. Uh, you nuked your Twitter. So where can people find you? Um, it's temporarily nuked. I'm kind of getting sick of being targeted by the algorithm and and uh, the rage scrolling. So right now I'm on Noster, uh, xpub176z. No, just kidding. I love that joke. <laughs> and Noster, and I don't know, I'll be back on Twitter at some point, at Wynikis, and perhaps Bitcoin Kindergarten every Wednesday, every sometimes Wednesday? Sometimes Wednesday. Every sometimes Wednesday, whenever Opti feels like it. Well, it's your, uh, yeah, whatever. It's my fault. All, also sponsored by Simply Bitcoin. No, never mind. Scratch that. Sponsored by Nico. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I do want to thank uh, our very special guest, Wine. Thank you so much. We love you, bro. We appreciate you. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your story with everybody. Uh, for me personally, it's inspirational. Uh, I would say I'm the polar opposite of wine, homebody, you know, working, 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 working. Uh, so, you know, seeing wine and what he does is is very inspirational to me. And I'm sure it's inspirational to a lot of people listening to the show as well. So, wine, really appreciate you coming on the show today, my friend. And uh, we'll Keep see you on the next it, one. Man. What? Keep killing it, man. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that was uh, that was another episode of Simply Bitcoin. If you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Consider subscribing if you feel like we provided you value. But the number one thing you could do to push the peaceful Bitcoin revolution is share Bitcoin content, share Bitcoin culture, share Bitcoin music, share Bitcoin memes, share Bitcoin everything. The great Andrew Breitbart said that politics is downstream from culture. If you win the culture, you win the, the, the political sphere. Um, this is the peaceful revolution after all. Uh, it's up to you guys. Uh, it's not left versus right. It's not red versus blue. Uh, remember that in this political year. Uh, remember to vote, but vote with your wallets. Vote by taking Bitcoin to self-custody. Um, and I truly, believe, I truly believe that Bitcoin is a great unifier. It will bring, bring people together, right? I think a lot of the differences right now are caused by broken money. You fix the money, you fix the world. We are winning, ladies and gentlemen. The best is yet to come. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. Peace out, everybody.